turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. The title of the message is Real Grace, Real Praise. The text is taken from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. In context, we begin with verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And here's our verse, verses this morning. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. You know, I watched this program on PBS and, and I, I'm sure some of you have heard of, of, of the, that show, your know, Antique Road Show, you know, where people bring their antiques and uh, in the hope that uh, it'll be evaluated and, and then put a, a price on their valuable, you know. And so they bring it to this expert, and the expert will authenticate uh, whatever it is that they brought in. It could be an heirloom. It could be a family um, furniture, whatever. I mean, it, it, it runs the gamut of everything that people think are valuable and priceless, and they bring those things to the show in order to be evaluated. And of course, the evaluator will look at it, investigate it, uh, do some research on the item, and if, uh, if it passes the authenticity test, then the value will be placed on it. Uh, some are disappointing in value, some are really valuable. Nevertheless, an expert authenticates those items. The same is true with our praise and worship of God. Let's stop and think about 
what's backing up our praises to God. We just did uh, half an hour or so of praising God, singing of His glory, singing praises to God. Uh, how is that authenticated? How do we know that our praises are reaching the throne of God or it stops right here at this light right there? How do we know that our praises are real and they're not fake. Hey, by the way, it's possible to praise God simply from the standpoint of our, the flesh. You know, you can fake it. You and I can come in and praise God. But does it really authenticate us as God's children? Uh, obviously, Jesus taught a great deal about this issue of offering praises to God, especially on the passage that we just read. That's taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Not because a person declares the praises of God means the praise is real or authentic. We can outwardly express with our mouths the praises of God, but it, but it doesn't mean the praises or the praise is real. So what makes our praises real? What's our motive when we praise the name of Jesus? Is it a need that compels us to praise God out of, a, out of the hope that somehow He will meet that need? I want to tell you something this morning. If you're praising God because you have a need, I want you to know that God knows your need even before you express your needs. So it has nothing to do with that. Is it some kind of a blessing that you're grateful for? You came in this morning and everything is fine. Everything's good. Things are working well. The children are behaving properly. Or the husband takes the garbage out. And then you praise God. And you let God hear it. Is that the motivation that, that you have? Or do you have some kind of a problem? Is there a trial that you're going through right now uh, that compels you to, to just praise God? Let me submit to you this morning that the only real way to praise God is to rely on the grace of God. Reliance on the grace of God. And I'm repeating that because I think we miss it somehow. Okay. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, We are saved by grace through faith. This is not our own doing. This is a gift from God. Our salvation is by grace through faith. It is given to us by God as a gift, so we can't earn it. We can't work for it. Okay? And we, we, we can't do anything to earn that salvation. And then Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody gets access to God except through me. Okay, those two passages in the Bible gives us a, a clue as to what God is looking for every time we look up and praise his name. Okay, that is only through the unmerited, unearned, unworked-for grace that God freely has given us. People think that when it comes to grace, it's only talking about salvation. 
In fact, I've heard people say, well, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through Him, and they think that that's limited to salvation. Absolutely not. If you are not in Christ, your prayers don't count. If you're not in Christ, okay, your worship means nothing. If you're not in Christ, you can pray all you want, but it's not going to matter. It's not going to have any value. Because only through Christ can we have access to everything that God wants us to have and God wants us to be. And that includes our praises. So this morning, the understanding that we are relying on depend- and depending on the grace of God, that gives power to our praises. It, it, nothing else. Uh, God is looking at nothing else except our realization that we can't do this on our own. That we need the grace of God. Grace has both a spiritual and practical dimension to it. Of, of course, grace is, in our classical definition, grace is getting something for nothing. God is giving us something that we do not deserve. And that is our salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. Everything that, that, that we possess in the name of Christ is given to us by God. Through grace alone, and we respond only by faith. It's giving us something we do not deserve. But grace it has, has a practical dimension as well. When we talk about grace, we're talking about the ability to do the will of God. You have come here this morning to worship God solely because God has been gracious to you. I'm here this morning solely because God has allowed me to be. His providential grace allows me to wake up this morning, brush my teeth, wash my face, Get in my car, come in, and be here to worship Him and praise Him. That's all God's doing through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. So those two dimensions of grace is very important. So that the next time you praise God, you're not bringing anything on the table except the realization that God has been good. That you can rejoice because God doesn't hold anything against you anymore. He placed it on the shoulder of Jesus on the cross. That's the grace of God. And we miss it sometimes because we, we, have, we bring all kinds of baggage when it comes to worshiping God. We come here this morning hoping to be, you know, tickled in our, you know, in our being, you know, a quiver on the liver kind of thing. Where, you know, I hope I hear something that will give, give me the shakes. Well, if that, that song by Yvonne doesn't, doesn't move you, I, I don't know what will. There's, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Why is there joy? Is it because things are going well? Some of you, it's a miracle. You have a smile on your faces. And yet you're here rejoicing. Why? Because you know that God's grace is in charge of your life. Yeah, no pressure. God is gracious to us. Amen. Authentic praise is the work of the Holy Spirit. And if we are filled with the Spirit, our praises become authentic because the Holy Spirit's job is to make sure that you and I understand that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. This is not something that we can work on our own. This is not something that we can pay for or earn. Let me say that again. This is something that we knew 
We know intuitively because the Spirit of God places that understanding and that knowledge in our hearts. Well, so what does it mean to be filled by the Spirit once again? It means to constantly yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that, that, that becomes important when you realize that uh, you need the Word of God to know the will of God. And it's the will of God that the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, unction us to follow. So to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to constantly yield to the leading of the Spirit, to give the Spirit the right of way. And the only way we can understand that that's the, the leading of the Spirit is because He enlightens us and He illuminates us through His Word, through the Word of God. So when you praise God and you pray to God, and whatever it is we do, okay, we always anchor it in our knowledge of the Word so that we'll realize who God is and we realize who we are. We'll realize our limitations. we realize how God wants to see our hearts this morning. I hope you didn't come this morning full of, um, not just full of problems, full of issues. Uh, I hope you didn't come this morning full of self-confidence. Now, there's nothing wrong with self-confidence, okay? There's nothing wrong with self-confidence. But sometimes self-confidence leads to self-righteousness and you're back in the garden. You're back to the sin of the garden. Self-righteousness. So what does it mean, again, to be validated in our praises to God? It's authenticated by the Holy Spirit as He speaks to us how gracious God has been to us. And we know that God is gracious to us by reading His Word. Now, I know this is Sunday school stuff, but it bears repeating. How do we know Jesus is alive? It's because of the authenticity of the praise that comes out of our mouth. That's how I know. I don't need to see an empty tomb, by the way, and the empty tomb exists. We don't need to see all the historical, theological, and all of these evidences that uh, we are inundated with to prove that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive because He causes me to praise Him every day. Jesus is alive because I know apart from Him, I can't do anything. I have to rely on that grace. And the more I rely on that grace, the more I get strengthened. The more we rely on God's grace, the more He makes us strong. Paul says, when I am weak, then I'm strong. What does he mean by that? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. It all boils down to his understanding that God is gracious. He doesn't hold us, our sin, our past, our mistakes. He doesn't hold us accountable for those anymore. He just wants us to go and trust in Jesus and repent of those things. And isn't that a great thing? To be able to unload all your burdens onto the Lord. When we get saved, the Spirit of God begins to dwell in us. And He begins to work in our lives. And the first thing He does is He testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. And that we are eternal. In Romans chapter 8, 16, it says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And once we recognize that we are God's children, solely by the grace of God, the evidences of that new life begin to show up. We begin to get the Word out. 
And praising God is one of those evidences that we have that new birth. So if you came this morning and you, you're kind of hesitant to open your mouth and praise God, you know, we got to do some soul searching. That's why you're here at church this morning. We're not, we don't waste anybody's time. You know, if, if there's something that blocks the flow of eternal life and you can't praise God, something's wrong. Something's not right. You know, when you come to church and all you've ever been thinking about is yourself, there's something wrong with that. There's something not right about that, you know, because these moments that we spend together on Sunday morning, this is for the Lord. You know, the only thing you can offer to God is your praises. That's the only thing you can. <laughs> on Sunday morning, that's the only thing the authentic that you can offer to God that you truly praise Him, that you truly acknowledge His presence. Okay, so let's talk about three things this morning. The marks of authentic praise. And it's always going to go back to that word grace, okay? So what are the marks of authentic praise? We're going to take a look at our text and we're going to look at three marks of authentic praise. First of all, it's characterized by an honest confession. An honest confession. You know your praises to God are real, it's because authentic, it's authenticated by an honest confession. Look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who praises God will enter the kingdom of heaven. It implies that there are those who will praise God authentically and there are those who will praise God falsely in a fake way, in a dishonest way. How do we know we're being honest? Again, it is measured by doing the will of God. Worshippers of God, they do the will of God. And how do we do the will of God? Our definition of grace simply tells us that grace is the ability to do the will of God. So I'm going to use the acronym GRACE to explain to us that we are being honest in our confession every time we praise God, okay? The letter G stands for genuine interests. You know your confession of praise, you know your confession of faith even, you know when you praise God, there is a genuine interest happening in your heart. You know, have you ever talked to somebody who's, who's uh, disinterested in listening to you? I, I, you know, that kind of bothers me. You know, you could be talking to somebody and all of a sudden their eyes are roaming. You know, it's not offensive. I mean, that's offensive. Sometimes you, you know, you're talking, you're saying something very important, and the person you're talking to says, "Oh, look, look, look at what's happening over there." You think it's offensive to us? How do you think God feels when we're praising God? How do you think God feels about that? You know, you're praising God on one side of your mouth, on the other side of your mouth, you're doing something else, cursing somebody. There's real interest in lifting the name of Jesus through our words. Anything we do, anytime we praise God, anytime we utter any kind of praise and acknowledgement of God, has to come from a place that's real. There's a, that there's a genuine interest to praise God. Many of you, you would, you know, and I use this example all the time. Many of you, you escaped 
re- the real possibility of dying in a car accident. When somebody cuts you off and you nearly went off the rails and you could have died. And when you were delivered from that possible death through an accident, all that ever comes out of your mouth is, Woo, I was lucky. That's offensive to God. Because you know what? That accident that you almost had, that almost killed you, it's God's providence that got you out of it. So what's the first thing that will come out of your mouth when you are in real trouble and you got bailed out out of it? The words are not, oh, I'm lucky. The word is praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's what a Christian does. You got a race from work and they give you the standard 3%. And the boss tells you, you're doing a great job, man. You're an excellent worker. You can walk on water. You can multiply bread. I'm really relying on you. Here's 2% race. What do you say? What do you say to, those, to, to your boss? <laughs> Thank you very much. But at home, he's like, oh, man, this guy's cheap. I'm not, you know, he's not seeing my real value. Is that how we respond? No. We say, thank God for the 2% and start praying for a new job. (laughs) We thank God. We thank God for every little thing. We thank God for every big thing. That's showing genuine interest in giving God the glory. Those are simple examples. But you know what? We often miss the opportunity, right? We often miss the, op- the opportunity to, to give some genuine interest to the Lord. The letter R for the acronym GRACE stands for rejoicing in truth. Rejoicing in truth. Whether truth hurts or not, you rejoice in it. You people are listening over here, but these people right here, they lost me on that one. Truth, whether it hurts or not, should be a subject of our rejoicing. Because the Bible says the truth sets us free. Jesus himself said that. Okay? Rejoice in truth. We receive it joyfully. You know, we can save a lot of marriages and close down these divorce courts if people accept the truth with joy. Did you know that? The number one reason for divorce in this country is not that dreaded irreconcilable differences. That's what you always see. Somebody gets divorced, and oh, it's irreconcilable differences. No, you divorce because the joy is gone. That theologian B.B. King was right. The thrill is gone. And you split. Why? Well, it boils down to the fact that we don't want to face the truth about ourselves. You know? We just don't. Because we're still in this flesh that's perishing. One day, as Christians, we're going to get a new body that's not corrupted anymore. But until then, we need to watch out that we crucify this flesh. Otherwise, we're going to go from relationship to relationship to relationship. When the joy is gone, guess what? The marriage is over and we mock the institution. We mock it. Shouldn't be that way. A Christian rejoices in truth. Whether it hurts or not, we accept the truth with joy. 
We don't praise God by virtue of the ideal things that we envision will happen to us in our situation. Now, I'm an optimist. I, I, I think positively. I'd like things to work out well. But listen, don't just praise God because of the possibilities that you want. You can praise God even when the situation is impossible. You can praise God even though oh, this is an impossible situation. You can still praise God. Because God doesn't ever, ever waste a hurt. You might think you're being hurt. But when you rejoice in the fact that God can still see you through through all of these things, He will replace your mourning, the Bible says, with dancing, with rejoicing. So we don't praise God just because of the possibilities. We praise God because of the impossibilities. We just don't praise God because of what we want to see or, 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 done, or, or things done the way we want them to be. We praise God, period. We praise the Lord, Period. That's the end of the story. We just praise God. Well, I'm being a hypocrite, Pastor. You know, I'm going through some tough, tough times. How do you expect me to praise God when I'm going through this difficult time? Well, don't say that to me. Say that to God. God, I'm going through this, so I, I will not praise you for a while. Just, just stick around, God. When you make things better for me, then I'll praise you. Doesn't that, that sounds ridiculous, but we do that all the time. The letter A in the acronym GRACE stands for Acknowledging their limits. True praises comes from the fact that we're honest about our limitations. We don't portray ourselves more than who we really are. We have no delusions of grandeur. The most comfortable place that we are in is in the honest evaluation of ourselves. We don't offer praises to God on the basis just uh, uh, again, of the possibilities of what we can do, but on the basis of our limitation. God is most glorified when we praise Him in our weakness. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.